0: You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cuddle of Gary Cuddle Ministries. On today's edition.
1: Unfortunately, many today have the incorrect assumption that because they were raised in Christian homes, that that means they are Christian. But the truth is, each and every individual in the household must make their parents God, their own God. That's a decision that needs to be made between you and your creator. No more than sleeping in a garage would convert me to a car. Living in a Christian home would not make me a Christian.
0: Today, Pastor Gary explains that God is interested in saving entire households. He wants to see whole families come to faith. But that doesn't mean that we can rely on a family member's faith to save us. Putting our trust in Jesus and choosing to follow him is an individual choice that we all have to make. Some people think that having Christian parents automatically makes them a Christian. But this is not biblical. Saving faith is not hereditary. It's a personal commitment. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Luke chapter 19 as he begins his message, Household Salvation.
1: Luke chapter 19 and verse number 1, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and the publicans were tax collectors, and in the minds of the Jews, the religious Jews especially, That was equivalent to sinners. There's not much change today. Somebody say amen. amen. And he was rich and he sought to see Jesus whom he was and could not for the press, the crowd of people, because he was of little stature. He was too short to see over the crowd. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree To see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down And received him joyfully. One preacher said he came down so fast he skint the bark off the tree. Verse number 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And my focus is verse nine, where Jesus said this day is salvation come to this house Today, my assignment is to continue the theme of household order. But today, specifically, I'm calling this household salvation. Household salvation. I do understand that because daddy gets saved, that doesn't mean that the rest of the family got saved. That's because the parents give their heart and life to Christ does not mean that their children are automatically Christians. Unfortunately, many today have the incorrect assumption that because they were raised in Christian homes, that that means they are Christian. But the truth is, each and every individual in the household must make their parents' God their own God. That's a decision that needs to be made between you and your Creator. Creator. No more than sleeping in a garage would convert me to a car. Living in a Christian home would not make me a Christian. To be a Christian is to be a follower of Christ and to seek to live like Christ. And that is a decision one must make. And although I can say assuredly that the parent's salvation does not equate with the children's salvation, I can say and prove it with biblical case after case that God is interested in saving the whole family and not just the parents or the grandparents. And many today, many children today, because of the lies and the sway of public opinion, political folly and such, they turn a nose up at the gospel of their parents or their grandparents. And science, falsely so-called, has caused our children, many of them, and many of our grandchildren, to turn away from the gospel that we have set our hope in. But if you're like that today and you're under the sound of my voice and you have turned away from the gospel that your parents have so faithfully demonstrated before you and tried to deliver to you, I want you to know that no matter how far you've run, how long you've run, how hard you've run, that God is still after You And even though you may have given up on the notion of following Christ, Christ has not given up on the notion of following you until at last you surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ because he loves you and he will not let you go down without a fight. Somebody say amen right there. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus there, as we've already read, this day is salvation come to thy house. If you looked at verse 5, He said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. I'm glad for the day that the gospel abode at my house, aren't you? I'm glad for the day I remember when my daddy came home from work, a different man, and he started taking us to church, and the next thing you know, I start hearing about this man named Jesus that changed my daddy so undeniably, so beautifully, and and, and so gloriously. I mean, he took a man that had been addicted to the bottle for 20-plus years uh, and had lived in sin for 20-plus years plus years and completely took his addictions away he was in fact a new creature I didn't even recognize him from a behavioral standpoint I knew that Jesus did something in my daddy's heart and and I was interested in knowing this God that my daddy gave his heart to and began to teach to me as a young man and I'm glad that because of what the Lord did in my father's life, I began to be exposed to this glorious gospel, and I too became gloriously saved by the grace of God. And my two older brothers on September the 9th of 1990, and and. Had the gospel not intervened in our lives at the time that it did, I have no doubt that I'd probably be an old sock drunk today, probably just living a mess, just doing my own thing miserable. There ain't no telling who I married, where I been, what I done, or what my kids would ended up looking like. But I know assuredly, and can tell you that salvation causes things to improve. It's not a degradation of society for men and women, boys and girls, to have faith in Christ. The mockers and those that scoff at us—they criticize us and say, "Well, you get saved, you put your hope in Christ because you need a crutch." And we don't need a crutch. Well, perhaps you're right, uh, but let me tell you something. Me living on a crutch called Jesus is a whole lot better than you living without Him, and I can guarantee you that. Amen. I've seen the contrast. I've seen uh, the, the, the life in shambles. In fact, uh, the first thing you'll notice is the disarray of gospel absence in the family who does not know God. If you'll notice in your text, the Bible said uh, in verse 1, Jesus entered and Passed through a place called Jericho. What is the significance of Jericho? Well, Jericho, if you'll dig in your Bible over there in Joshua chapter 6, uh, you'll uh, learn that Jericho was inhabited by the Canaanites and God told the children of Israel when they went over to conquer the promised land that they were to overtake and drive out the inhabitants and destroy the enemies of the living God you say what kind of God would instruct Joshua to go in and kill innocent civilians who said they were innocent do you realize that God is just do you realize that God is holy Do you realize that God is righteous and just because you are not privy to their sins, I guarantee you God knows every one of them. And if there's judgment that is placed on any individual or group, it is because God is just in doing so. It's not because He's evil or sadistic and wants to just make our lives miserable. It is because of our sins. His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. Amen. But it is our iniquities that have separated separated us from a holy God. So for some reason or another, Jericho was under the judgment of God. It was not a good place. In fact, Joshua said in chapter 6 and verse 21, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and, and ass or donkey and the edge with the edge of the sword. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass, and a iron they put into the treasury of the house of the lord we skipped a verse or two we went to verse 24 now if we go to verse 26 that joshua adjured them at that time saying cursed be the man before the lord that riseth up and buildeth this city jericho he shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates thereof in other words it won't be nothing but curse they'll make they'll struggle to make progress and I think around fifteen hundred A.D., uh, the city of Jericho was completely destroyed. Uh, yet again, I mean, there was—it's a cursed place. It's a picture and a type of way, where we are found without Christ. Amen. Amen. Now I know this world fancies themselves on their progress without God, but who can who can argue that money does not buy peace? Who can argue that money does not buy health? Who can argue that money does not buy good relationships? Amen. You may say you're blessed by how much you've got in your bank account, but God and everybody else knows you're miserable without hope in your heart. And so you can fancy yourself on quote unquote success, All day long, but until that hole, that deep, dark hole is filled in your heart that only Christ can fill, then you will be of all men most miserable with or without the wealth of this world. And so we see Jesus pass through Jericho. Jesus passed through the place that was cursed. Isn't that a beautiful picture of grace? Amen and i want you to see again Luke 10:30 and Jesus answered and said a certain man went down from Jericho from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And this is a picture and a type of what sin will do to you, what Christlessness will do to you, what a place uh, with the absence of the gospel in your home will promise you. uh, Amen. It will leave you stripped. It will leave you wounded. It will leave you alone and it will leave you half dead. Somebody say amen. And the Bible said that the way of a transgressor is hard. And I'd like to say it this way. This old world is hard, not only on the individual, but on the entire human race, especially the family unit. There's, you wanna, you wanna know what's destroyed our family culture and our family society in America today. You wanna know why the family unit is such a mess. It's because of Christlessness. It's because of the absence of pure gospel teaching, preaching, and practicing. It is because of sin in the family. Amen. That has not been surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we see then the disarray of the absence of the gospel. Look around the world, Christian, and see how miserable the world is without Jesus Christ. They put on a good show, and they'll try to convince you otherwise. But some of you were at one point amongst them, and you know personally that there is no hope outside of the creator of the universe who loves you dearly. So we see the disarray. Of gospel absence, but not only that, uh, I like to look at the disruption of grace. The very fact that it said, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho puts me on shouting ground to know uh, that that was the very reason that Jesus came uh, is to bring forth the blessing of heaven on a place that would otherwise have no hope without him. That Jesus, uh, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible said uh, that Jesus was born in a manger of a virgin womb And the Bible said they called him Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I'm glad that he didn't leave us to our own demise. I'm glad he wasn't like the high priest that walked by. Amen. The fellow that was found stripped and left in a ditch down in Jericho. But Jesus was our good Samaritan. And he looked down and saw us in the ditch. And he climbed down in the ditch with us. Amen. That he didn't wait until we could aspire to the height of heaven with our good deeds and with our actions and with our religiosity but no he realized that if we was going to be helped he'd have to come all the way down to where we were because we couldn't even so much as lift up our eyes unto him much less our body or our actions so he came to Jericho he came to where we were I'm glad that he found me when nobody else knew where I was and where in the world is Trap Hill North Carolina and a poor little old family that don't have any hope and any chance in the world World, uh, to have any success but the grace of God uh, sent the man of God to preach the hope of God to a lost soul uh, and the gospel changed everything because grace disrupted our reality boy I'm telling you weren't not for the great. do you know what grace is uh, grace is unmerited favor uh, grace is when God gives you something that you don't earn uh, that you don't deserve that you can never work for and attain on your own uh, it was because of the worth of Christ's love for you and not because of the worth of your own works uh, that he saved you for it's by his grace that he saves us and the Bible says plainly that it's not of works lest any man should boast God ain't going to give you the privilege uh, of bragging on how you got to heaven uh, with your good deeds Uh, no but the Bible says except you repent you shall all likewise perish in other words uh, there's only one way to heaven and that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ uh, and the forgiveness of your sins and you'll never get to heaven doing good works Uh, you'll never get get to heaven with perfect Sunday school attendance. Uh, you'll never get to heaven because you got baptized. Amen. Uh, you'll get to heaven at the foot of the cross where you call on Jesus uh, to forget for forgiveness of sin uh, and he'll wash you and cleanse you and give you hope for salvation and eternity in heaven. Amen. I'm glad uh, for the disruption of grace. I also see it uh, there in the book of Joshua. We mentioned uh, the city of Jericho, but you also uh, get a glimpse of grace in that hopeless situation. when. And you begin to look at one Rahab the harlot. Amen. Joshua six twenty two said, But Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman, all my Rahab, and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And in verse 23 said unto the young men, that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. Aren't you seeing the grace of God and how he don't just want to save you, he wants to save your whole family, amen? And it wasn't just Rahab that got help. You know what happened, don't you? You remember the story. They were spying out the land and Rahab had faith and hid these two men uh, amen just on a venture that the God they served she heard about their God she heard about he could destroy the nations through Israel Uh, she heard about how Israel had divine favor and they could pretty much whoop anybody that they come up against because of the might uh, of the God that they served Uh, and she had heard that they were coming to destroy her city and she thought maybe perhaps if I'll do a God a favor if I'll make their God my God uh, and their Lord my lord maybe he'll have mercy on me maybe he'll have grace so she began to help the spies and hid them while others look for them and because of her faith in god the book of hebrews teaches us uh, the lord spared her life and not only the life of her but her whole family even her second cousins <laughs> amen and you know them second cousins are rough old sinners right oh i'm kidding i'm kidding But I see a disruption of grace. Verse 25 of Joshua 6 said, Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. Amen. Boy, I like that, don't you? And her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day. Because she hid The messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. You know what I see in that passage right there? Because she hid the messengers. You know what you hide with messengers? You also hide their message. You know what the Bible said? Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I see here a picture and a type of Rahab repenting of her sins. Amen. Because she took the word of God to herself and hid it in her heart and I see that because of the grace of God, she got delivered. And because, even though there was a disarray of gospel absence, there was a disruption of grace that made an exception for this harlot. Why would God use a harlot of all kinds of people? Perhaps it would be argued that the harlot is amongst the lowest in society as far as what men and women think of them. We hate to even think of their actions. We don't. We try to block it out of our mind, and, and it's repulsive. And, and, and there are many today that live that kind of lifestyle. And, and other than wicked men who take advantage of their wicked services, uh, uh, most people detest them, most people degrade them, demoralize them, and help them uh, go deeper into sin than they already are because there's no grace to be offered them. But I'm glad uh, that Jesus' uh, love knows no depth. Uh, that Jesus' love goes further than yours and I's. Uh, And when the religious crowd kicks them out, Jesus says, come on in. Uh, The water's fine. Amen. Uh, Jesus will save you if you'll call on him today. I don't care how many people give up on you. I don't care what the religious establishment told you years ago. Uh, If you'll call on him, he'll forgive you. He'll change you. He'll save you. He'll deliver you. And he'll put hope in you. And he'll dress you as pure as the white driven snow. Somebody say amen right there. Mm, Glory to God, I'm glad, uh, for the disruption of grace uh, in the life of Rahab. And the Bible said, uh, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not uh, when she had received the spies with peace. Uh, Isn't that wonderful? Now it gets a little bit better. Can you handle some more? Give me an amen. All right, we see the disarray of gospel absence. We see the disruption of grace. Uh, But now thirdly, I want to put on display the glory of God. Amen. I want to point out now in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 5 the Bible said and this keep in mind is the lineage of Jesus Christ found in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and I'm not going to read the entire lineage from start to finish but you need to see verse number 5 for a very specific reason. It says and Salmon begat Booz of Rahab. Now the King James Bible says a Rachab, but that's the same person that we know of in the Old Testament called Rahab, and Booz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and then you skip down to verse sixteen, and we're fast forwarding, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born who. <laughs> Jesus, who is called the Christ. Amen. Boy, I'm glad to announce to you today that not only did grace disrupt the life of Rahab the harlot, but grace was so rich and so thick that God wanted to send a message to every generation, past, present, and future, that grace wants to work God's love all the way into your messed up family and bring redemption to you. And he did it so beautifully by including Rahab the harlot and the lineage that led all way up to Jesus Christ, the hope for all of humanity.
0: Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an addition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries. And you can learn more by visiting our website, GaryCoddle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at GaryCoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.